Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Episode 60. Oh, wow. We're moving up in the world. So tonight, we're all just kind of hanging out. We know the Super Bowl's on while we're recording this, so we really don't have a huge agenda at all. We're just going to hang out and chit-chat and cover a few things. I know we've got an email to go over and a few other things to discuss, but other than that, how was your week, Josh? My week was pretty damn good. I was only there Monday and Friday. Um, filled out. 120 day letter Monday afternoon, gave it to the supervisor. Her desk is all the way across the floor, workroom floor from where my case is by the back door. She signed it and handed it back to me. So I made a cut, you know, I made a copy of it. I scanned it in and sent it to my ADR so he could send it to the person that actually assigns the RCAs to the routes when they come in. And Friday morning, I gave it to the opening supervisor and said, um, yeah, she signed it, but didn't keep a copy for herself. So we'll see. And I marked my calendar for 120 days from Monday. So I can get that 8191 and submit it if need be. What, what um, about round, round dating it? Well, unfortunately, I, they don't have access to supervisors are supposed to have round days, but and the clerks up at the window, well, by then the, the window is closed. They won't stamp anything anymore. They won't date anything anymore. Supervisor has to get it dated. But it is signed and dated. However, I think the supervisor was not paying attention. She put two or whatever that date was of 23 not 24 when she signed it so it's untimely now well i wrote 24 on it so (laughs) when i dated it just had to go find her time machine though right Mm. yeah james how was your week uh usual at the post office other than one day i did get a half a tray of raw mail well, it was second pass dps it wasn't in full order and it was literally the dps right out of my trays but the uh supervisor gave me 15 minutes for it uh 81 27 time and also had a full tray of raw another day literal raw that time and had to case that that gave me 25 more minutes of 8127 time so almost to an hour of 8127 time for a week uh, other than that just normal stuff and of course love getting emails and information from people of things that are occurring that we don't have access to anymore so it's great to be involved with that stuff and learn that stuff and also, getting all the messages from people has been really inspiring as well. That's been my week, pretty much. Bill, how was your week? Well, it, it's been surprisingly quiet and light, uh, mail-wise, flat-wise, parcel-wise. And, uh, of course, some, some of the older uh, veterans of our office are like, this is just like the mail count. Well, you know, it's, it's not that way anymore. But the question, you know, that I have to ask is, are are they going to have people in the plants checking all the volumes in regards to the mini mail survey? We have a, uh, I'll say, less than inspiring ADR for our region. So I'll be on top of that in regards to what she's doing. 
We also had a situation where past Sunday, uh, our subs were out delivering the Amazon. Well, we contracted with Amazon and we delivered Amazon on Sunday, but we're delivering everything else too. We're delivering USPS, UPS, FedEx, and any other Jimmy John comes down the road on Sundays. And our subs were concerned because on average, they do 120 to about 160, maybe 170 stops, not packages, stops, because you can have multiple uh, drops for an address. They were averaging 240 to 300 and working nine-hour days on a Sunday. And they're swearing by God that they're taking Monday stuff out. So I bypassed the whole system, went directly to the DR to see if we can find out, you know, whether or not they're doing it. Because in our office, we do have a parcel sorting machine, which is set up to deliver static routes under the, the W, well, we, we call them W routes on, in our office. So they can be diverting Monday packaging for Sunday deliveries, which is going to be hurting our evaluation. Now, unfortunately, they're already paying us on last year's mini mail survey evaluation. So technically, we're getting paid for what we did in, in within the last year. And then they're turning around and they're paying the subs on Sunday for the same deliveries we're getting credit for for the past year's you know data. But next year, it, it'll turn around and we won't be getting credit for what the subs are doing this year. In, in that circumstance, I said, you know, Let's make the call and find out what's going on. And uh, hopefully we can get some resolution to it. Uh, I'm not confident, but, you know, I'm waiting for the old comment. Management's allowed to mismanage. Other than that, you know, it's been a fun week, you know, and ended up with two days with the grandchildren. And there's nothing more glorious than having a grandchild throw up on you. Let me tell you. <laughs> hey. And the, and the poor little guy, and, and and me, I'm I'm more concerned about not getting on the carpeting in the living room, so I'm just letting him throw up all over my chest, you know, and keeping it between me and him. And my wife goes, "What do you want to do?" I said, "We're walking right up to the shower. <laughs> We're in the shower like this." Oh, and, and it's funny because we got 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 the little guy showered, and you know, got to change the clothes and everything, and he. He just turned around and fell asleep in my arms, and there's just nothing more precious than that. I'll tell you, it's you know, with all all the shit that goes on in the world, you know, all the complaints we have about work and management, our union, and every other thing that bothers us, it, it is so beautiful to have a child fall asleep in your arms. And that's how my week ended. Oh, that sounds like an amazing ending to the week, for sure. Uh, yes, I I am a softie at heart until you piss me off <laughs> <laughs> my week wasn't too bad i think uh all the parcels i didn't have the week before found their way back to me this past week oh, mail was average happy. and well yeah my parcels were back and then we started the ojt for my new sub yesterday and that actually went really well so I only had to jump in, deliver, not even a quarter of the route. Really was just like an hour's worth just to get us back up on schedule. And then I let him take back over again. And we were back just under evaluation. So I can't complain about that. Day number two is tomorrow. We'll see what training on a Monday's like. But he is very gung-ho. He catches on quickly. And uh, I'm looking forward to this because... As soon as I get him trained, I think after Wednesday, I think I'm starting training another new RCA on Thursday. I don't know when I'm actually going to get back to my route. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got two more RCAs oh. that just finished up Academy to train. And Bill, I did find out, I forget who it was that told me, but the difference between when they used to label them L and now they're W. Right. The difference between with the L or the W for the Sunday um, runs is if it's scanned as dynamic or static. Right. But that, that doesn't dictate whether or not they're throwing the Monday stuff on there. You know, right. th that's, that's just this, right. the uh, designation static uh, or designation 
for the static so that the you know, carriers can use the scanners to set the loads right. up. You know, right. So it, but it, it, it doesn't uh, determine what yeah, is they for Monday be, or Sunday. Yeah, they shouldn't be doing Monday parcels on Sunday. Exactly. And, and that's, you know, like I said, that's our concerns that, you know, we're not going to get credit for them down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's an extra hundred or so parcels for each carrier, oh, yeah. you know, each sub yeah. that's in there running yeah, parcels. Like, like I said, uh, we, we, we had five subs out there and the, you know, the, the lowest uh, day was a nine hour day. Everybody, you know, the other four came in above nine hours on a Sunday and then, wow. you, know, you, you know, you're not talking Christmas or, you know, a great big hop, uh, shopping holiday. You're, you're talking about, you know, a Sunday in the middle of February. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I, I, I got a guy, I posted a response to somebody, you know, who came back to me and saying, you know, Oh, it's a bunch of crud, this and that. And, and I explained that, you know, I, I got a nine year carrier who hasn't had anybody come in and explain Rex in their office. The supervisor and the postmaster don't know anything about Rex. All they do is hand out the cheat sheets. And he was questioning authorized dismounts and had no clue of how authorized dismounts worked. And I'm sitting there going, well, folks, we're in the 11th year of the introduction. We're in the third year of implementation of, of recording breadcrumbs and everything. And you still don't have any idea. Now, Ladies and gentlemen, I will blame the carrier for that because there is information, whether you're a union member or not, that you can make available to yourself because this is your paycheck. It's not mine. It's not Kristen's or James or Josh's. This is your paycheck that you have to protect, and you're not putting in the effort. And like I said in my response, if you can watch your favorite TV show, you know, once a week, or if you can binge watch a series or, you know, play, you know, your video games for a couple hours, take 10 minutes a day and invest in yourself. Learn to protect yourself. An educated carrier is the most dangerous carrier to management because then they can't bully you, they can't intimidate you, and they can't lie to you. So if you want to protect your future, it starts with you. We can give you advice. Your 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 local steward area, steward ADR, DR, they can help protect you for disciplinary issues or contractual, you know, uh, grievances. But it starts with you, and you're the one that has to step up first. And if you if if you're not comfortable with that, email us, text us, call us, whatever. We'll help you. But you have to make the first effort take the first step because it's your paycheck and that's going to lead right into this email i received today i am not naming any names or locations but i will kind of read a little bit of a condensed version here it says hey guys i've been listening for a while small four route office today we had an enhancement training for our locals held by our DR and our ADR. Two things I wanted to bring up from the meeting. One, when talking about social media policy, they brought up podcast. They said how a few people have been decertified because of it, and I'm assuming they were talking about y'all. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> and then the one went, in, went on to... The DR went on to threatening everyone there if quotes if you bring up your steward online anywhere and i see it i will decertify you i need to hear your guys's take well we'll go ahead what's your take on that one bill well first of all to me it sounds like a threat it sounds like uh focused intimidation so you're suppressing my uh freedom of speech to, to, you know, to corral my actions. You're not allowed to say that you're a steward? Okay. Under the current guidelines, I'm not quite sure that they can enforce that. But as we have seen through, through their decertification of us, 
they have no qualms of uh, exercising a, a Nazi-style rule over this union. To me, I, 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 might, I might go directly after that person or to that person in regards to the comments and how it was, you know, phrased because of the fact that, you know, to me, this is a, a like I said, a focused attempt to intimidate everybody to stay in line and tow the, the company policy. And it pisses me off. I'm done. James, do you have anything to say about that before I continue on to the next part? Well, considering that I'm the one who has discussed the issues with that social media policy multiple times in multiple places, the biggest takeaway here, if you're a steward and you're proud of it, you should be able to say, I'm proud to be a local steward. You should be one too. Things like that. But the social media policy as it stands for the NRLCA is too overly broad. And this comes from a National Labor Relations Board attorney. This is not coming from me. This is coming from that attorney. And them to, to turn around and threaten people like that to silence people like that is just wrong, rude, and condescending. We go back to the social media training that the NRLCA put on for the stewards, which makes it interesting that they just had the enhancement training with the national board, and then the DR decides to turn around and have another one a couple weeks later, or was it a week later, somewhere around there, just tells you exactly where their mindset is. It's not about getting you the best representation from your stewards. It's about controlling the narrative that gets put out everywhere. It's pretty simple to tell that just by the fact that they did have their post open for comments not too long ago. And the number of comments on there that were available for people to read, not a single one of them was in support of the national board. Not a single one. Now, granted, you, you ask the president, and he'll tell you, oh, all those people are just non-dues-paying members. They don't matter. But if you want to read them, they're available over on Rural Mail Carriers United Facebook group. I saved every single one of them for you guys to read in posterity. All right. <clears throat> on to the second one. Or second part, I should say. The DR and ADR also explain that we now have to do what is called a grievance activity log. Uh, last day of the month, we have to send the DR a log of all the grievances we file. We've never had to send anyone a grievance log before. She threatened us with decertification again if we did not send them to her timely. When asked why do we have to do these, all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, the... Uh, ADR exclaimed the director of steward operations said so and no other real reason was given except to keep track is this normal this is my first enhancement session I've been to so this is all still new to me thanks for all you do I'm trying to meet more people in our union and grow my connections so I can learn as much as I can what you guys are doing, not only for the craft, but for the next generation of union leaders, is what separates you guys from our current national board and, quite frankly, unions in general. I put in my ballot for national convention, so if I get elected, you may, you have my support. Feel free to email me about anything. I'm open. Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, it just, I, uh, I don't believe, okay, he did name drop ADR and DR, but I did not mention those names. I don't believe the best intentions for the craft and only the politics of the union itself. There, I condensed it. Well, I want to say, firstly, thank you and congratulations for getting involved and wanting to get involved. In regards to the um, grievance activity log, I know years ago when I was a steward, we had one in our district, but we didn't have to submit it. You know, except for we had to turn it in with all of your other union, you know, steward files when you resign or, you know, but it, we didn't have to turn it in on a monthly basis. 
Taylor James. Um, James. Well, when I re- read through my steward training booklet that I have, still, it does say that you are to send in a copy of the grievance log for each grievance after the grievance is completed. It doesn't say that you have to send them in every month. It doesn't say you have to send them in you know, a specific date or or anything like that. Or You just send them to your DR when the grievance is completed. So I don't know why they're saying every at the end of the month, every month you have to send it in kind of thing. But they can change the rules anytime they want as long as it's not something that is codified in the Constitution. Bill, anything on that? Yes, um, I I received a a log, and it, it was almost like a, a carbonless checkbook type, uh, you know, booklet. And you had to record when you started the grievance, who the grievance was, what type, and you know, so on and so forth. Disciplinary, contractual, and our DR required us to go out and buy prepaid first class letters. Uh, from the post office, get a receipt, submit them for, you know, um, you know, remittance back to us. And we were to send them in every time we filed a grievance so that he would have a timeline on when the grievance was started, you know, the, the, you know, where it was, you know, and everything else. And it was one of those things where I kind of lapsed on it because of the fact that there, there, there was nothing to really to make substantiate the need to do this while I was in the process of of researching the grievance. Okay, once it became an actual, you know, grievance and assigned a number and everything, fine. Then, then you know, we're we're fine and dandy. But you know, in the first stages of the process, you know, until I get a number to assign to it, there's no need for me to forward this to you. And in retrospect, with RDR um, resigning his position, allegedly, um, I find it kind of contradictory that you're demanding the 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 bulk of the work to be done by the stewards who aren't getting time from management to do all this that's prepared. If you look at the paperwork on a standard grievance file, how many pages are in there, people? 15, 16 plus pages per grievance. Interviews, you know, releases, you know, the, the request for information, the, the grievance itself. I mean, you know, the, you know, I need a form 50. I need this. All the work for the grievance starts with the local steward, and they're the ones not being paid unless management's giving them the time. And since we still have a shortage of substitute carriers, we often wouldn't get the time to do everything required by the national steward system to just file paperwork. An an average grievance for me was at least 30 pages long, all said and done. Now, unfortunately, I got the postmaster trained to the point where I would file a grievance and give him a settlement a copy at the same time, and he would be signed both, and somebody would be paid within the you know one or two pay periods. Then then I got decertified for being on the podcast. So you know, to me, if if you're not going to help the local stewards, just like you know everybody else in the union, okay, if you don't help the troops on the ground, you're not going to make much progress in, in keeping management in check. You know, in regards to the contract, in regards to, you know, the toxic atmosphere, in regards to anything, you know, if you don't have the guns on the ground, you can't win the fight. And that that's a, that's a big problem for me. And when James is the, the steward of uh, director of steward operations, we can change that. Now, I I want to kind of bring touch. We did have a private message earlier right along the lines of this email, which I found. I got, I saw the email after I uh, was reading the uh, the private message. And I'm just going to read part of it. Um, again, they had had enhancement training. 
And when the social media policy was brought up, they didn't call out the podcast by name, but they said along the lines of, we know there's a podcast out there trying to get stewards to talk on there. Don't do that. If you talk on a podcast or social media in a steward capacity, you'll be immediately decertified. Some people have already had. It wasn't their exact words, but it was something like that. Okay. I, I don't remember us asking for stewards to come on. Do you? I do not. I, uh, unless one of them had seen the Google form. And, and yes, for those that are interested in coming on here, we do ask if you are a steward because we don't want you to be decertified if you are a steward. We're not just going to bring anybody on. You know, if you tell us you're a steward, we're going to immediately say, look, you know, this is what could happen if you're on here. It's basically to avoid that, not trying to bring stewards on. So that's clarification. Not trying to say, hey, if you're a steward, come on with us. No, no. The last thing we want is for a, another steward to get decertified because of and us. That's we, yeah. And that's why we offer the anonymity of, you know, not naming yourself and, you know, not presenting yourself, you know, in a fashion that would jeopardize your standing with the national steward system. And, and again, the views expressed here do not represent the views, opinions, or strategies of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. And on top of that, if you remember from the steward training that National gave, it doesn't matter if you identify yourself as a steward or not. If somebody recognizes you as a steward, you could be decertified for commenting on social media or being involved in a podcast. Also, we also have to remember Fed Up does do a lot of interviews with carriers. So that's another place where they possibly could be crossing over. But no, we're not specifically looking kind of go against that, honestly. You know, if somebody reaches out to us and they let us know that they are a steward, then you know, we let them know up front, hey, if you're found out, they're gonna decertify you. I mean, that's your personal choice. We're not making anybody come on here or telling them they have to or searching out certain categories of employees. Not at all. I mean, yeah, the last thing we want is for anybody else to lose their capacity to help defend a craft. We, 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 that is not an aim, a goal of ours at all. We want you on the front lines because there's so few of you. So protect yourself. Okay, James, what it was, uh, I think I got the couple things that I wanted to cover. Oh, I do have something else I wanted to talk about, but I can do that after James's. It's not a huge thing. Jim, I got a hot off the press from the uh, Iowa State President, Kathy Gallantine. I'm going to call her out on this one because everybody who's in Iowa knows who their state president is. Might as well name her here as well. Put out an article about delegates to national convention, and we wanted to thank her for calling out the podcast because Everything she said in that article was pretty much directed at this podcast. So we wanted to thank her for putting our podcast into her state paper. And if you want to read my breakdown of it, I did put it in a lot of groups, including the United We Scam podcast group, the uh, Rural Mail Carriers United group. If you want to read my breakdown, I broke it down in terms of fair use articles. I was a commenter on the article, so therefore it is under fair use and cannot be considered as a copyrighted material. But she did a good job of calling us out and putting our podcast out there without specifically naming it. So I just wanted to thank her for doing that and sending us more people from the state of Iowa. All right. So a first announcement is we finally have merch. I posted the link. It should be up on the podcast uh, notes. The link for merch. And uh, I know it's also posted on the page as well as in the uh, Facebook group. That will probably be revolving around as we go. 
And uh, so other than that, yeah, we've got merch now. And I did note that any of the proceeds for the merch, it is, we're using a dropship company, so everything's made it to order. And uh, any of the proceeds um, will be split between the low amount and production costs that we have. And then I do believe before when we talked about doing it, if we did um, have any funds that came in, we'd be no donating it to the charity that the auxiliary picks every year at national convention. I thought we were using it to pay Chris. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no, the auxiliary charity is uh, the uh, charity that minimal expenses, you know, I'm at 30 bucks at most a month, maybe tops. So yeah, we're not keeping that money guys. We don't want it, but I know everybody's been asking for merch. So I found a way to uh, get that out there for you guys. And for your old heads out there, she's speaking about merchandise for United We Scan and the uh, endeavors by the hosts here getting to the national office. Yes, I do have campaign shirts for uh, four people up there as well. And then we have t-shirts. I think there's some tank tops up there. There's hoodies, coffee mugs, hats. And I know I've had a couple people already message and say, hey, how about these slogans? So we'll be putting some slogan t-shirts and stuff up there soon. So like I said, the links are uh, in the show notes and on the Facebook page and group. And there are no thongs available through this website. Nope, I look. The best I could do was a string bikini bottom. No thongs. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm all flutter now. <laughs> I you look. Material? <laughs> you just have to go with my one piece. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so I have well, a I... question that popped up. Okay. That what is the consequences for bringing back DPS and magazines to the office at night? This comes from an RCA who could not complete the route. And when they got back with the stuff, they were told they were being removed and then to come back on Wednesday to receive the II. I think that RCA needs to contact their, uh, Assigned student Local. representation, yeah. ASAP. I agree. And this, the they continued. I was on a route I hadn't been on before, and I'm fairly new to the area, so I'm not that quick. The supervisor kept calling me and telling me I needed to get back. So it sounds more like double jeopardy to me. Either you bring the stuff back, or you finish the route and get fired for not following the direct order. They can't have it both ways. They either want you to come back, be back by a certain time, or deliver the mail. You can't do both. So, in my office. Yeah, definitely, Go ahead. definitely get a hold of your um, local representative. Now, in my office, when we have situations like that, and this is where I talk about us being a family, whether we like each other or not, because we have family members we don't like. Um, my whole family doesn't like me. No, okay, <laughs> The, the thing of it is We're not that surprised. We, we, we explain to the newbies, okay, if you get into a situation where time becomes critical of you delivering, and if you don't know the route, especially in the dark, okay, you're going to create more, more headaches than, you know, you can solve by trying to, to complete the route. Unfortunately, management, like in, in this case, will be calling the carrier. You're not supposed to be calling the carrier unless it's an emergency situation. If you come into a, a problem in delivering your route in a timely fashion or before it's dark, and, and ladies and gentlemen, darkness is just as unsafe as snow and ice and everything else, okay? You can place a call to management or take a call from management, explain the situation, and say, in our office, they'll say, just deliver the packages and spurs, bring the mail back, da-da-da. We'll take care of it. This it seems like this local management is going a little, you know, above and beyond in regards to discipline. 
Uh, I mean, safety is supposed to be the first aspect of your job, correct? Yes. Okay. That's whether you do the job, yeah, whether you do the job correctly or not, your safety is paramount to you and you should be to the United States Postal Service. So if this carrier goes back and says you're being removed, come back in tomorrow for an I and I, A, okay, you contact your local union representative, and B, you can't have an I and I until your union representative is there. So don't worry about being there tomorrow because your union rep won't be there unless you have one in the office. And C, file a grievance for threatening, intimidation, and harassment. File, 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 and smile. Don't be intimidated by these people, even if you're under 90 days. I know many, many newbies don't want to do anything when they're under that 90-day clock. If you don't stand up, they're going to harangue you for the rest of your career at the post office. I have a regular carrier in my office that wanders in a little late every day, you know, and because he doesn't get written up, when they come over and ask him for his truck keys to give to a city carrier, he doesn't protest. And they, they just walk over him because of the fact that, you know, they may start discipline on him because of his, you know, lateness every day. Don't let it start because once it starts, they never let up. But yes, contact your local representation. I wouldn't come back in the next day unless they have a local steward in the office. And then I would file, oh, three, four grievances at, at, at least against this manager for threatening you. You know, you're doing your best. You know, you're, you're making, you're putting forth the effort. And they're haranguing you for the fact that, you know, you didn't deliver all the mail. I don't know how many times city routes and rural routes, my office didn't go out because of lack of carriers. And all they did was deliver the parcels and spurs because that's the only thing that shows up on the reports. Like they said, you can't have it both ways. There's got to be middle ground. Get a hold of your union representation, find the middle ground. And I would say if you do go in and they bring you in the office for the II, when you're and a rep is not there, anything they ask you, your answer should be, Where's my rep? Yep. What's your name? Where's my rep? Are you aware of where's my rep? Did you, did you, dot, 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 I'm where's waiting my on rep? my rep. And then if they say that you were not being cooperative, that's something that they, that's something else that the union can fight because you're entitled to union representation during the investigative interview and you were not afforded that right. Did, did anybody ever notice that the, the, the old terminology of PDI, predetermination investigation or interview, was basically saying... Pre we're, we're going to find you guilty. We're just going through the process of, of doing it. Yeah, the pre-disciplinary <laughs> interview. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're going to discipline you, but we have to do this first. Yeah. yeah. I find Some places still ironic. call it a PDI. Yep, yep. Instead of an investigative interview. Well, apparently it's a predetermination interview because they already determined they're going to fire them before they even investigated anything. Mm -hmm. Well, technically, it should be a post-determination interview because they already determined it. And if you already determined it, then that means you didn't get due process. Exactly. I, I love management. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Come on. I, I know it's, it, it's not nice to pick on the slow kids, but, you know, management just makes it so easy in our office. It, I, I just... I, I sit back and, and, you know, they say something and I throw a haymaker, you know, and they, and they look at you like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's in the contract. What the hell's wrong with you? But, you know, it, it, like I said, I almost feel bad. Almost. <laughs> I get it over real quick. I don't feel bad for any management that makes blatant mistakes like that blatant mm -hmm. mistake because in order to even fire somebody you have to have higher level approval above you to do it in the first place 
You can't just fire somebody and walk away from it. Your supervising manager above that person has to approve it as well. They have to have concurrence with their supervisor. So them just saying you're fired and walking you out the door without that concurrence doesn't work either. Nope. And the concurrence has to be somebody above them. We, we, I've had I've had several grievances for removal thrown out for that because the you know the, the the concurrence was by a supervisor after the postmaster made the determination. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I guess you don't understand or, how the process works. Or it comes from like the postmaster or district level says remove them, and then the supervisor is the one that wrote it up. And it was that person that said to remove them in the first place is signing as a concurrence. Yeah. And then yeah, during your on. interview, okay. the supervisor says, well, district said I had to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just say thank you because you just lost it. Yep, thank you. Thank you. And whom from district was it that gave you that order? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Details, folks. It's all in the details. Little minute details can definitely matter at times. As minor as they may be. Exactly. And that's what good stewards look for. Those tiny minute details that can easily win a case. Easily win the case. And and that that's that's what really pissed me off when I got this guy's job back for alleged sexual harassment. And, you know, ended up sending a, 182 pages to the DR, and, you know, highlighting, you know, interviews, incidents. Uh, I mean, everybody in the office was interviewed, clerks, city carriers, rule carriers, custodians. I mean, you know, I had 14 hours in interviews at, at my office on this case. And I send it up to the DR and he gets the job back four and a half months later with, with no back pay. And, you know, at the National Convention, you know, I was I was termed, coined as the angry man. Well, you know what? That has nothing to do with the way I was when I got that settlement. I was flipped that this guy had four and a half months of no pay and they were giving him his job back. And the DR made the settlement because it was easier to close it that way. Told me it was easier. And I flipped. But then again, then again, if they had sent it up and it got to step four, it would have sat there for six years. Yeah. Well, there's still step three, too, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it, at that, I explained to Josh earlier when, it, when we talked, when I went out for my surgery. And I, I went four and a half months, you know, without a, a paycheck because my supervisor didn't put it through. As, as a workman's comp case. And most people can't go four and a half months without money, okay? I can afford to, but I, you know, most people can't. They, they can't go two weeks, you know, without a paycheck because that's half a month of your, your bills. And I'm, I'm just like, you know, are you kidding me? To make somebody to wait four and a half months? Fortunately, this guy went out and got another job, which he stayed with after... He came back for one day and then, you know, he quit. But imagine trying to get by for four and a half months without pay. I wouldn't be able to survive. You know? I wouldn't survive. I, I, I just, know. I know I wouldn't. You know, I, I, I'm just, you know, so disappointed in, in, you know, settling for language, you know, or getting a job back with no back pay. That, that's why all my grievances had financial penalties on there. You need to get paid when you're grieved. You know, when, when they violate the contract, when, when they, you know, unjustly, you know, discipline you, there should be a financial penalty to each one of those actions. You don't sit back and just take it and settle for language because the language I'll give you, you don't want to hear, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. And now I've got another one that we have. I have a question about SPMs. Does the postmaster have the authority to tell us to not scan flats at all? and only scan the mail she has marked. If we do as she says, isn't that falsifying data? Yes. What's the first thing the SPM tells you to scan? 
flats and letters in that order. That's what Rex tells you, flats and letters in that order. Was it you, Josh, that brought up the fact that, you know, they wanted you to segregate, hold mail from, you know, the uh, that day's mail so that the SPMs are correct for that day only? Yep. They, they don't want stale or old or dead or however yeah. you want to word it, mail, because they want it to be tracked. They want to track just what came in through automation that day. It's funny. The other day I said something to um, the supervisor, or I'm sorry, the manager. Because they were going on about SPMs again, and I said to them, "What is the likeliness?" And I had because it's W-2 return season now. You know, all the IAs doesn't live here. Return to senders. So I had four pack trays of letters going back to the the one company I have, which is mostly the W-2s. And I said to them, "I'm like, what is the likeliness?" Because the way the SPMs work is when it first goes through, first starts getting processed, whether it be I pick it up out of a blue box or it comes out of your mailbox and it first hits automation and they spray the um, barcode on there and they say it should take two, three days, whatever it is from here to wherever it's getting delivered to. And that's when the SPM gets triggered on your scanner on the route. So they're doing once they on approximately once a quarter or so when I get an SPM request for this company, what's the likeliness I'm going to scan that one letter that the system is looking for when you're only scan, scan what, 15 pieces? Right. And, and the thing of it, here's the trick question, okay? If you're scanning and they're looking for a particular piece, that means they already know what the hell you're supposed to be delivering that tag. So tell me, exactly. in, in all reality, what is the point of the SPM? To say that you delivered it? You know, to say that the tray wasn't <laughs> dropped and, and, you know, the clerk had to reshuffle the mail? That, you know, that, that it was actually in there? It wasn't hung up in a machine? I mean, you know, I, I sit there and I, and I watch these ladies and gentlemen come into our office. They sit there with a laptop and they and they do a a mail audit on the city carrier side. Every so disgusting. often we yeah, you know, we might we might get it, you know, on the rural side, but not very often, mostly city carriers. What what are you doing besides, you know, justifying your eighty thousand dollar a year salary? The Otis testing, which is what you were just talking about, where they come in where it could be anywhere from everything in the office to a single mm. route to just letters, just flats, just parcels. That has something to do with um, volume versus postage cost. I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm friendly with the one of the Otis testers in my area who's actually their supervisor now. But with the SPMs, the reason that we're doing it this way now is because they were pay. It cost us 25% of the cost because they were, they were paying an outside company to do it. And basically what they would do is send mail out to certain customers. And for you or me, it would look like a utility bill. But when the customer gets it and opens it up, it'll have a sheet of paper saying, please call this toll-free number upon receipt of the letter. So they could track, you know, they knew when they put it in the mail stream and when the customer received it. So they're calling in saying that they received it so many days later, which is a congressional thing that we have to show this, do this testing to show how long it takes for the mail to get processed start to finish. And they have, you know, they have to have a minimum percentage, which is like mid to high 80 percent, 80 something percent accuracy and when you're looking for that one particular letter if i scan all 15 pieces and those 15 pieces are not included in it that counts as a failure but not on me just on the system as a whole well that's the first time i've, I've heard that explained but you know i'll i'll counter your uh, explanation with the fact that you know when, when i get the spms 99 percent of the stuff i have is third class mail and uh, I'm not talking even letters. I mean, you know, third-class junk mail. And, it, you know, there, there's nothing hidden in there for the customer to open up and respond to. 
So, you know, well, I, I, you know, I understand well, that, your reasoning and, and justification of, you know, Yoda's system and how they, you know, track performance. But ladies and gentlemen, you know, I hardly ever see anything of value in, in the FPM. Talking about well, the well, time before we had scanners to be able to scan those barcodes and stuff like that. Right. For that test. And now that we have the scanners, they've basically replaced that letter with anything in the mail, whether it be a third-class piece, second-class piece, first-class piece, any piece of mail they wish to track that has a barcode on the bottom of it, they can now. Yeah. Right. And I I want to say that the third-party company that was doing it before, we were paying them something like $100 million a year. So that eliminated most of that cost by being able to do it through, you know, the, the SPMs through the scanner now. Yeah, but we still have the people who come in and do the audits, you know, on a regular basis. Well, that's the, the Otis testing is something completely different. Right. But, you know, explain, explain to me, justify that, justify yeah, that I'm, cost. Because in our district, we have 23 of them. Yeah, that's several, I don't, several million dollars a year. Yeah, I don't know what, you know, I like I said, the, the closest I can tell you with there is a, is a cost analysis, Some something between, you know, volume versus postage cost. Seems like they spend a lot of money doing reports instead of learning the contract or rec, um, you know, or, or, or training their people in, you know, how to be civil on a work floor. This hey, I have to agree with you on. <laughs> I have to agree yeah. with you on that as well, because I've had a whole lot of, you know, in the three and a half years of my first office, I think I saw Otis there once or twice. I can't count how many times I have seen them in my current office in the five and a half years I've been there. I literally, for a little while, I think they were there at least once a month. And it's probably been a couple months since I've seen them now, but... They were literally there all the time. My office. It was crazy. Well, it's funny when years ago when I was talking to the the one guy I'm friendly with, they're on the third floor at the plant, which is um, a secure office. So you need a um, a badge, a key card to get in. There, his boss, who's not stationed here in the area, when she shows up does not have access so she has to ring the bell and they can see her on the the uh, video cam you know the camera outside the surveillance camera outside so they can put a you know quit the you know quit her um slacking off and put all their junk away and make it look like they're working before they let her in that doesn't surprise Ale- me allegedly allegedly yes allegedly allegedly, allegedly. supposedly allegedly um, all right, we got anything else, guys? We're going to wrap it up tonight and make it a short night. I got one more. All right, go for oh, this, it. This one, will, this one will get Bill, and this will probably get you too, Kristen. I am on the RDWL. Always take a deck of five when I work my K-Day. I've worked the last four K-Days, and I was told today that the higher-ups said I can no longer take deck of five. It has to be a three. Anyone else being told this blank? We'll leave that swear word out. Uh, I would. Bill, what do you say on, all the time? File, 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 and smile. Contract says if you're on the RDWL, it is your option. Not management's. It is your option. Again, here we go again with district management coming up with rules that have no application to the contract. They just make it up on the, off the seat of their pants. Why are they doing this? God knows. I mean, you know, they, they want to manage the time. Maybe they want to sit there and say, you're, you're going to be in 2240 problems. Maybe, you know, the, the hours don't add up. They, they don't have enough coverage in the office. It comes down to somebody in district saying, no, we're not doing this anymore. It, it's, it's, it's hurting my budget. No, just Give them the money, folks. You know, you're not going to win it. And then, you know, on top of that, don't just go for the money. Go for a penalty, too, affecting wages. And I don't see the well, difference on well, taking the DACA 5 or the DACA 3. 
because they're still paying out the same. Right. It, it just lets you choose. Do you want that time and a half in a lump sum, or are you going to work a half, get for a half day's pay that day, and get a paid day off within the next twelve weeks? Well, it's well, still well, time well, and a half. Right. And, but man, management is so concerned with the you know the upfront costs that they're sitting there and saying you know, oh you know th- this doesn't look good. You still owe the dollar amount. It, it's coming out of your budget, folks. Uh, you know, now, Bill, with what you were saying of if if they're trying to say it's the twenty two forty issue, they shouldn't be working them anyway. Exactly, and 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 whose fault is that? Because you haven't hired sufficient subs. Management. So then you're going to turn around and, and file because you know you, you may have to you know put in for a one one hundred twenty day letter because you don't have a sub of record or because manage mismanagement of scheduling or because your district won't let the subs work more than eight days in a row. Therefore the sub has to get off and you have to work, or maybe, you know, you're, you're a, a, a new parent and you need the extra money, you know, for all the baby bills, or you got a, a new POV for your route. They shouldn't be limiting your income. Again, it goes back to affecting wages and the wages are what you've earned, what you requested, what you're entitled to. Period. And that also falls in the line with the uh, comment we got on one of the uh, last week's episode. 2240 issue. Why is the post office trying to collect money from me? (laughs) Because you can't manage correctly? Because you create such a hostile work environment, you don't have sufficient subs? You know, because of the fact that you want to understand the contract? Because of the fact that when you came into that situation, where you should have been granting that your carrier leave, you didn't, which falls back on you for mismanagement. Yeah, because, I would say for that because, one. Yeah, most most supervisors, most offices, if you look in, up in the upper right-hand corner, your hours aren't compiled up there, which they're supposed to do at the first day, first pay period of the guarantee period. And most of them don't. And continue doing it on every 4240. Well, the, the, the trick is if you get it in on the first one, it automatically starts calculating it for you. But if you don't get it in on the first one, you can't catch up. I think in the system it shows them and they could actually just handwrite it when they print them. Well, you know, it, I, I have found that would that would that would actually mean management was doing their job. There they you would go. actually have to work. Yep. And but, uh, I, I would. In regards to that, what that that comment that you got on that the twenty two forty and having to pay, first things first, file on that on that letter of demand. Yep, I was just going to say that. What ended up happening? What ended up happening is when you when you got to a certain point last year, towards the end of the year, the system triggered that you were over, and it probably stopped paying you for working overtime, and then they audit they did an audit on all your hours and converted you completely to hourly and determined where you were what your actual hours were versus what they actually paid you for and determined that you work less hours than you were paid for yeah so i know there's been a quite a few i've seen on the social webs of people getting letter to demand due to 2240 issues if that happens Reach out to your assigned union rep ASAP and file agreements on it. Unless you don't file, want to file, and file. you want to pay. But uh, if you don't want to pay it, definitely uh, file and get a hold of your uh, assigned union rep. All right, guys. Anything else? All I got for this week. Josh, you got anything? No, but I like tomorrow's numbers. <laughs> Bill, you got anything else for this evening? No, nah, I'll put it in the end closing. <laughs> all right which we'll move to josh you're up your closing commentary for this evening this week was a good week hopefully this coming week will be a good week well i'll find out tuesday because i'm off tomorrow for an appointment uh, along with both the other regulars in my zone so one of the two of them if not both usually carry my route when i'm off but if one one of the other two is not going to be there, and then the third one is coming in late, so I doubt she's helping. So I have my 8127 ready to fill out Tuesday morning. 
have a good week, everyone. Don't get overwhelmed. If you do, take a step back, take a deep breath, and step back in. We'll see you next time. James? You know, the biggest thing for me is I'm going to see a few of you guys at SWAC with Bill, and it's going to be an easy week for me because I'm only working Monday and Tuesday because I have to leave on Wednesday in order to make SWAC in time. Other than that, remember, just keep your head down, do your job, and learn as much as you can because at the end of the day, no matter what, we're all in this together. Oh, I just wanted to add. Go ahead, Josh. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for joining, choosing us over the sports ball. <laughs> Bill, go ahead. Well, in in light of uh, the Iowa president Kathy giving us, uh, you know, uh, basically free advertising, I I also want to point out the fact that when you read the article, she's basically bemoaning the fact that we're telling you how to vote while she is telling you how to vote. So don't fall for the doubles. I'm not here for myself. Trust me, folks. I I, I, I can walk out the door tomorrow and, and be satisfied with my career and everything. But I wouldn't be satisfied leaving everybody hanging the way we are in, in our current situation under the current national board. I explained to you earlier, I, was that on uh, our tape in regards to the baby throwing up on me? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what, you know, that's the joy of my life is my, my grandchildren right now. And, and right behind it is, you know, you, the carriers, the craft, you know, the position that I've held for 26 years that once I get in that truck and I go out on my route and see my customers, the kids, the dogs, that's the best part of my day. It really is. And, and I've enjoyed it. The, the problem of it is getting to the point where you don't enjoy walking in the office first thing in the morning. You know, you don't enjoy the intimidation of you can't do this. You can't do that. You must do this. You must do that. And you damn well know there's something wrong. If the hairs in the back of your neck go up and you're, you're sitting there going, this doesn't sound right. It's probably because it isn't right. Our president, in one of his first national statements, wanted to blame the carriers for not learning the rec system. Ladies and gentlemen, it was management's responsibility to train the carriers. Look it up. We took it upon ourselves to train ourselves as best possible. You know, in some offices, they still have no training. They have managers and postmasters who have no idea what's involved in the Rex program. Again, step up, spend 10 minutes out of your day, learn a little about Rex, learn a little about the contract, 603 to ELM, EL902, whatever. Just make some effort into protecting your paycheck. In protecting your career, and in some instances, protecting other carriers in your office, because they may not be of the fortitude that you have in regards to having a career that is worthwhile, that you can enjoy, go in, do the job with pride, and be paid for your efforts, especially the ones who don't get paid once in a while, every two weeks, and you know, oh, you know, it's a glitch. No, that's not a glitch. That's a F you. I'm tired of it. I really am. That's why we're running for the national board. We want to change things. We want to make it better. Can we? Well, in my estimation, we will because we really do care about the craft. So help us help you become a delegate, vote us in. And this is a, you know, selfish endorsement because of the fact that we believe we can do a better job in representing the craft because we are the craft. We're the ones out there working just like you. And we're not career politicians who haven't carried a route in 20 years. God bless you all. Be safe out there. Do the best job you can and make sure you get home because, you know, you are the most important delivery of the day and your loved ones want to see you every day at the end of the day. I'm out. Thank you, gentlemen. And are you guys going to be back uh, next Sunday night in order to record, or are we going to 
take a weekend off next weekend. I don't know. I think we can, James. I think, I think it's possible. All right. Yeah. So as of right now, we will uh, be back next week. And if something changes, we'll, uh, we'll post it and let you all know. But yeah, everybody stay safe out there. I've got more training to do this week and next week possibly the week after so when i actually run my route on my own i don't know yet <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of a break it's been a while since i've had a training marathon so uh it'll be good and uh but other than that everybody take care have a safe week get home to your loved ones uh, we'll talk at chicken <laughs>